Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start, Start saving, saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, and that's Marcus Parks. It is. It's Marcus Parks. <laughs> His teeth are straightening before my eyes. It is amazing how quickly that Invisalign has worked. It's really weird. Can I- we get a sponsorship by them? <laughs> Why aren't we sponsored by them? <laughs> we fucking talk about them enough. Good Lord. I we, we don't have a Jose Bank, a Papa John's, or an Invisalign sponsor. We're the worst. We don't have Iron Brew. We don't have oh, Pez. Coors Lights all or the Bud things, Lights. All the things that the only are thing causing our <laughs> teeth to rot. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, what a week it's been. We had the Emmys. We'll talk a little bit about that, but at this point, I think people have had it up to here talking about that uh, that Ugh. event where wealthy people give other wealthy people gold statues as they make fun of a billionaire. Yeah, they uh, had- that was basically it and uh, the the um, the ratings were low. Yeah. And I think it's because people are too busy working two jobs uh, to try to make ends meet to pay rent and they don't have time to again watch a bunch of wealthy people pat themselves on the back for doing things that are a privilege to do. So brave. So brave. I can't believe. I can't they were anti-Trump so brave. So brave. So brave. So brave. It was unbelievable. The the controversy politically other than all the Trump jokes and stuff which it is what it is. I Whatever. you know, it's just so one-sided. It's like I got it. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Not everything has to have Donald Trump in it, does it? God, I mean, this is our fucking hell for the next 4 years. It's crazy. Yeah. Like even American horror stories has worked him in somehow. Just stop it. Just yeah. not, this is a political show. We talk about him. Last podcast, we've done a very good job for the most part of not bringing up uh, know, we DT. Do, we do mention him about once an episode, once every couple episodes. Once I will every admit, couple episodes. I will admit we not, do we do oh, mention him a fair goodness. amount. Yeah. Well, we wa- yes. Well, we'll, we'll we'll try to watch it. Was you it know. this bad during the Bush years? No, I don't remember having a podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I I was, no, on the, was. I was on the radio, I remember, yeah. and yeah, I, I know we definitely talked about it quite a bit, but well, I remember the uh, the radio show I had then, I had a music show, which I never talked about Bush, and we had a comic right. book talk show where we never talked about Bush. We talked about the X-Men and yeah. Preacher and Grant Morrison and I all think, the wonderful things you're supposed to talk about. I think the main road, radio shows talking about Bush in the early 2000s was Loveline, yeah. uh, but that was not <laughs> about the president. 
That was absolutely. Woo, that is a Ben Kessel is. classic. That's a Ben Kessel classic. Mark it down. <laughs> Jot it down, ladies and gentlemen. Sean Spicer made an appearance at the Emmys. People are upset on both sides. Some people say, oh, you're mocking him. You're making fun of him. That's not right. Other people say you're normalizing his lies. He's not a cute little fluff boy. He was a mouthpiece for one of the more, uh, I mean, all administrations lie. All press secretaries lie. But my goodness, right out of the gate, January 21st, biggest biggest crowd sizes of any election, any inauguration of all time. All these lies just began so quickly. Well, Spicer set so the intensely. precedent. Spicer yeah. set the precedent for every press secretary to come in this entire presidency. Well, they always extend the truth, expand the truth, bend the truth, a.k.a. lie. Um, but Spicer brought it to another level. And, of course, yeah. let's not forget, uh, he really went after the press yeah. uh, more than any other press secretary. Uh, he went after the press corps very intensely. And so. he also ran away and hid from the press much more than any other uh, press secretary. Great Easter bunny, though. <laughs> what an Easter bunny. And, you know, he is looking for work. He has um, reached out to six different uh, uh, news outlets, and they're not they're not willing to work with him yet. But honestly, give it time. People are praising uh, George W. Bush now going back to that guy who is the reason that we are in a 17-year war. Uh, if he can have a comeback in the in the minds and the hearts of the American people, Sean Spicer, the hatred of him will be a footnote, and uh, and he'll have some interesting career and that is a testament to celebrity and how that trumps everything uh in this culture and in this country specifically mm -hmm. it was infuriating i will say with the emmys to watch alec baldwin pretend to be some moral authority Ugh. he is a schmuck a scumbag he has been nominated 17 times he has won three emmys and i also want to point this out about the emmys and i talked about this a lot on the fox news radio show they pat themselves on the back for letting black people in that was <laughs> did you see the opening talking it's the most diverse emmys of all time and then they show all eight black people that are there <laughs> And they they are so proud of themselves. Twenty three um, uh, black people have won Emmys. Seventeen Hispanics have won Emmys. Again, and uh, it's like twenty if they they include Louis C.K., which I did not realize. He was just born in Mexico. He grew, I don't. He did does, grow does it up count? in does Mexico. Does Louis C.K. count? You have you have a Hispanic girlfriend. Does Louis C.K. count as Hispanic? I don't think so. Uh, well, I can't speak for her, but uh, it has never been mentioned in my household when she talks about like the greatest uh, Latino comic of all time. Louis well, C.K. is not in the list. According to Wikipedia, he is Hispanic. <laughs> Him, and it's like, it is, it's like Selma Hayek, Louis C.K., and then it's it's unbelievable. So, you know, the hypocrisy is all there. It, it oozes with hypocrisy. Overall, Colbert did a fine job. He's a good singer, a yeah. fun dancer, yeah. and it is He's what funny. it is. He's funny. It is fine. Uh, so that's, that's the hot take on the Emmys. I talked uh, enough about it this week, and uh, at the end of the day, the only thing that I have to say is uh, not everything has to be about the president it's exactly what he wants mm -hmm. as a matter of fact it only and we're going to get into serious issues such yeah. as donald trump speaking in front of the un what's happening with north korea uh, i mean we got some real serious stuff happening here the north korean rhetoric you know i was watching a great documentary the front line uh that was back uh, i think it was 2014 i just watched it on youtube last night just to kind of remind myself about the history of north korea this kind of rhetoric is uh of uh, is tomorrow the day mm -hmm. where nuclear war happens has been going on
going on since the 90s. So we do have to like have a little pause, a little patience, um, <sighs> and just realize that the media loves to scare you. They need your views, and in order to do uh, and get to, in order to get your views, they gotta scare you uh, because that's what people want. I also want to say to the folks at Texas, Hurricane Harvey. We're still thinking about you. Yeah, we're still thinking. Uh, media has forgotten. Uh, as soon as Irma came in, and of course, we're, we're still thinking about the people of Florida, but people of Texas, I know you're still struggling out there, and so we're, we're still thinking about you and wishing you the best. Yeah, and uh, wishing the best to everybody in Mexico City as well. Yes. Because uh, that, that is uh, god-awful what's happening down there. We got a lot the, the of- The earthquake, 7.2. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, oh, lot of people in the triple digits of death in, in Mexico City right now. So yeah. yeah, best to everybody out there, if we have any listeners out there, or family, or listeners with family or friends out there yeah be- best to use well. absolutely and of course so now they're on to the earthquake news the uh the media is cnn fox and uh, msnbc they just showed a dead child being pulled out from the rubble yeah, you don't really and of course they, they well they just you know we show a lot of gore and stuff like that so we can't be hypocrites here but they always preface it with like it's going to be really hard to watch and but then the next story is about you know bronzers there's <laughs> like every none of this stuff is of equal importance and it goes back i wanted to just read this one tweet about the emmys that donald trump ended up tweeting out i was happy that he didn't tweet out uh, at the emmys well it was happening live or even the next day it took him two days i thought he might actually rise above uh, a bunch of actors talking poorly about him but sure enough he tweeted out i was saddened to see how bad the ratings were on the emmys last night the worst ever smartest people of them all are the deplorables uh so it is so he is, is he saying that the dumbest people are better i don't know i have no <laughs> idea what the tweet means but he succumbed to the just unability inability to just Deal with it. Let something roll off his back. He's the president. He still doesn't recognize it. Here's what happened. Here's why that tweet was sent out two days two later. Days. Because when was the uh, the UN speech? That was Monday, right? That was, yeah, Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. Yesterday was the big speech. Monday he gave, uh, well, they're all big speeches, yeah. but Tuesday was the big one in front of all the world leaders. Yeah, Tuesday was the big one in front of all the world leaders. You got John Kelly in there that's trying to get Trump on the straight and narrow. Sunday night he's saying, all right, I know the Emmys are on, but you got to practice your speech. We got to get you. Got to practice, Donnie. (laughs) We got to get you prepared. You have to have some Mm -hmm. sort of input in this, something. Uh, Then, of course, he does the speech on Tuesday, fucks it up spectacularly. Well, we're going to talk about it because I have a little bit more of a positive outlook than you do, but I think, of course, we do agree on some of the mess-ups, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, of course, uh, yeah, and then after... The whole UN speech is yeah, over. Kelly's he's says, done. All right, you can go. You can go play now. Go have <laughs> go have fun. Go go play. Go get your Twitter yeah. machine back. Yeah, they uh, handed him his phone. They took his phone away for a day. I bet. Oh, I would hope so. So let's talk about the UN speech. Uh, Donald Trump. The rhetoric was it was hot. It was heated to say the least. Every ninety Fucking days, stupid is what it was. Uh, it was beyond heated. Uh, yeah. Um, Every 90 days, the Iran, uh, the, the, the Iran deal, the Iran nuclear deal is up, mm-hmm. right? That's when he gets a chance to throw it away, scrap it, or uh, re-sign it. And that's coming up next month is the 90 days. He, he um, re-upped it in July. So now he has another chance here coming up next month to take a look and re-up it. The rhetoric against Iran was very intense. He's 
not wrong when he calls it a you know a dictatorship it's a theocracy the people are suffering the government's absolutely horrible so we'll see if that was a message that he's going to try to scrap the uh the iran nuclear deal we don't know he hasn't yet and i wouldn't be surprised if that's just empty rhetoric and then we have the situation with the north koreans where he goes all in calling kim jong-un rocket man um which is a reference to a tweet that he had rocket man Without a doubt, the least um, damning of all of his uh, slanderous terms for opponents, Rocket Man makes him sound kind of cool. It makes him sound like a Mega Man villain, uh, like a yes. Mega Man boss. Yes, it does. You got to beat Rocket Man before you can go after Metal Man. Oh man, <laughs> that's that's I know that's Metal my Man. character I know in every Metal video Man game is the, the Aw Man. He, Metal Man has the best powers, but you got to beat Rocket <laughs> Man first, and then you can just oh, go the rest of the game goodness. with Metal Man's one up. So he's talking about Kim Jong-un, obviously. Kim Jong-un has been acting very provocatively with their nuclear program. Uh, the, um, the UN sanctions, the U.S. sanctions simply are not working. They're spending all of their money on military. The people are starving. The people are suffering. That doesn't seem to matter. They're ratcheting up to war. It does seem to be... Uh, more than before because their capabilities have improved. They mm -hmm. fired a couple of missiles over Japan and uh, entering the Sea of Japan. Japan went on a full lockdown. That's how dangerous this situation was last week. Um, or was it Monday, rather? I believe it was this week. He's acting very provocatively, and the rhetoric that Donald Trump gave from the podium at the UN, there's two arguments to be made. No president, uh, you know, going back to the 90s, Clinton, Bush, Obama have been able to deal with North Korea. Uh, strategic patience was the U.S. policy for decades, has not worked. It's always finding the balance of the carrot versus the stick. How much do you feed him? How much do you beat him? It looks like we're feeding him quite a bit. Mm. Kim Jong-un, rocket man. <laughs> um, so one of the arguments is that's good. Let's get harsher. Let's get more harsh with North Korea. Let, um, let the hermit kingdom know that 25 million people that occupy it will be wiped off the face of the planet whenever the U.S. wants to. You have that side of it. Uh, so you had like John Bolton, former U.S. ambassador, very happy, some more hawkish people happy. But then you also have people who look at the rhetoric that Donald Trump gave at the U.N. and say that is playing perfectly into the hands of North Korean media. Yeah. Because now you have a situation where a president of the United States has said to an international body that he is willing to wipe North Korea off the face of the planet. There is no denying that they are going to be using that for their own propaganda. I mean, if there is anything that Donald Trump could have said to give North Korea the justification in their own cultish mind, right. the justification for striking first it was that he said we will totally destroy you and you can look you could see john kelly with his face in his hands you could tell that shit was completely off script he well, was, him saying you can tell that we're going to totally destroy him calling him rocket man i mean rocket was, man was definitely off script if that was on <laughs> script i would be that would be ever, oh, that'd be fascinating that, that was uh, of course that was definitely but when he's uh, putting these idle threats out there when he says we will well, totally destroy are, but yeah when we totally destroy north Korea. What about South Korea? What about all those people right across the border? What well, about all of our U.S. servicemen and women that are down there? Of course, South Korea, they're a nation of 50 million people. Their military is funded by us. They are our military. Yeah. Uh, that is the U.S. military, is the South, Korea's, uh, South Korean military. They're ready to go. 
Uh, you know, they have been... I'm not uh, they, talking uh, about troop of fatalities. I'm talking civilian. Oh, it'll be huge. Oh, millions of people. Yeah. Millions and millions of people, of course. Uh, but they are prepared. Japan as well. More than... It does seem like the tensions are... Um, they are heightening. It has been this tense before. Um, but the question is, do we, do we want to escalate the tensions or de-escalate the tensions? De-escalating the tensions hasn't done anything in a positive way when it comes to getting the nuclear program of North Korea halted or stopped. That is one of the issues with the notion of, again, uh, getting, rid of the no- uh, getting rid of strategic patience. The patience is over uh, because it hasn't worked. But then the other risk is, you know, and they were I was watching a Charlie Rose interview. I forget the uh, the specialist that was on the military guy. Their game, you know, they're working on a series of different military games. They're they're running the tests and seeing, uh, you know, the different options. I don't believe that military the military wants to have um, a war. That is like the last resort. But that is kind of the thi- where we're at right now with North Korea. The idea of being diplomatic from a, on a world stage hasn't worked for years under multiple presidents. So did Donald Trump make a, was it a smart decision uh, to go and have such heated rhetoric? That's kind of the debate. Um, and we just don't, and that's the problem with the North Korean. Uh, that is the, the, the issues that we have with North Korea are so difficult and we just don't know how to handle them. And it's unique for a president to play the bad cop on such a uh, on such a significant global affair. It's undignified. It's it, undignified. It's, it's Trump. <laughs> I mean, you see him there, just kind of roly poly behind the uh, behind the podium, barely able to read the words that are in front of his face. Yeah, uh, some people called it the best uh, Trump speech yet, uh, but of course the bar has been lowered so much. You yeah. know, a mouse couldn't limbo under the damn thing. So, uh, you know, what does it mean? But the issue with like, you know, we're, we're, we often talk about like normalizing Donald Trump, normalizing Sean Spicer, but mostly I'm talking about Donald Trump here. I don't know what else to do. He's the president yeah. and he's going to be the president for four years. We can get into the Paul Manafort Mueller investigation, which is absolutely fascinating uh, here in a second. But going back to the U.N., uh, you know, it was a uh, it was an interesting speech, to say the least. Uh, well-received at some points, talking about the America first, all that kind of stuff. But again, when he goes into America first, what does that actually mean? Does that mean that America now leads, uh, Does takes complete vacation uh, away? Does it vacate all leadership role in the world, all of our leadership roles in the world? Or, uh, you know, um, and then what? who fills it? Mm-hmm. You know, what? what uh, obviously Putin at this point is not looking, of, of course, the, uh, the Kremlin is not looking uh, to st- take a step backwards as far as their involvement in world affairs. Who fills the power vacuum? That's one of the main questions. But he did score some points when he talked about uh, other leaders taking care of their people first. And I think domestically that message was on par with what he has been saying for the past two years. And I will give Trump credit for st- saying what he has said the past two years in front of everybody again for better or for worse but he didn't go and uh, it was it was it was as if he was talking to a crowd in South Carolina. Yeah, I know. He didn't waver. But again, <laughs> that was, uh, that exactly. was so stupid about it. Yeah. Bringing up the Electoral College thing again. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it does. He he can't get out of rally mode. He can't. He, he does not know no. how to give a speech that is not about himself. Uh, yeah. That in some way or another about him. 
Because he has no empathy for other people. Well, everything seems to be about him nowadays, going back to what we were talking about with the Emmys. Yeah. But yeah. So, but, I mean, he, when, he, when he gives speeches, when he talks about, when he goes off script and says, totally destroying North Korea, right. when he calls him Rocket Man, that's about him wanting to sound tough, and it's about him wanting to sound clever, because he thinks Rocket Man, obviously thinks Rocket loves Man it. is the funniest thing that has ever been said by any person on the face of the planet, ever. God, he loves it so much. Cheese boy. I mean, you can go with so many (laughs) other fun nicknames, but Rocket Man, yeah, he absolutely does love it. One of the areas I will say that I uh, did think was good, because uh, we want to be, we want to be fair. Uh, when he talked about the U.S. paying twenty-two percent for the U.N., we pay twenty-eight percent um, of the U.N. Uh, as far as their peacekeeping uh, budget, we pay twenty-two percent total uh, for, to fund the U.N. I do think other nations could chip in more, similar to what he did with NATO, where you know we pay uh, over four percent of our defense budget to NATO, and other countries were paying one percent. The they were supposed to pay two point five percent. They did increase funding to NATO a lot of nations so that was okay but again yes all of, there are for every positive there are a couple of negatives and uh, it is what it is well in the same breath that he talked about other people um paying more uh, he made it very obvious that he doesn't know what the un is for he doesn't know why well, the un was created the entire reason why the un mm-hmm. was created was to prevent another world war. Right. It, it is there. It, at, we made it after World War II because after World War I, we tried the League of Nations. Poor Woody Wilson. Aww. Whole thing failed. Whole thing blew up in his face. And then, Aww. you know, World War II happened. And then after World War II, we convened the United Nations to prevent another world war. And you know what? It's done that. Yeah. We have not had a world war since. Yeah. Well, uh, and we can't, it cannot prevent eat every single conflict around the entire of globe. Of course not. Of course no, it can't do that. Not. It's not, it's not a magical wizard school it's, in which they can just wave a wand and make all war go away. It's right. there to prevent another world war. It's there to prevent the main powers from nuking each other. Right. And he is doing everything in his power to reverse that. He is doing everything in his power to push us towards nuclear war in the, front of the in front of the same assembly that is designed to prevent that. Uh, the interesting thing regarding his rhetoric towards Iran, Benjamin Netanyahu, of course, the prime minister of Israel, came out and said it was the best speech he had seen in 30 years. He loved it. Uh, he, he, he was absolutely loved the, it. When they put the camera uh, on him, Netanyahu was he was he was loving it. Absolutely, uh, completely loving it. But yes, that was the interesting thing. And of course, Benjamin Netanyahu has been quite provocative on the UN stage as well in the past, if you remember when he made the cartoon bomb, uh, <laughs> which was uh, quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, North Korea, they pulled their their big leaders, uh, their uh, ambassadors out, and they put to watch. And this is what the US does too when North Korea or a foreign uh, leader is speaking of a country that we're uh, not in good graces with. Uh, they just put in some intern who usually probably again gets Kim Jong-un maybe he's uh, you know gets him his random uh, sardines or whatever and pours coffee but he was sitting there in the front row taking notes uh, uh, from Donald Trump's uh, UN speech sardines so, and coffee I don't know man seems, <laughs> is that rich is that like how rich I don't know how rich people eat that's how a hobo eats that's how a hobo that's eats how, that's Dude, how a you hobo one thing, man. in the 1930s that's a hobo's dream is that sardines and coffee <laughs> Boy, no, if I can no. work. If I can work on a farm all day tomorrow, then I can be having sardines and coffee by Wednesday. I don't know. I think there's a Venn diagram of the very wealthy and the very poor eating sardines and coffee. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure about that. Oh, I think. I mean, not necessarily together. <laughs> I mean, you got one. I don't know if they run consecutively here or concurrently, but you know, maybe one after another could be good. A good consecutive. A little start. Have a little coffee. A little sardine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, think, oh, yeah. think about that. Uh, so it is an interesting time, to say the least, uh, on on a global level. This is, uh, you know, Donald Trump. Uh, a big speech there again at uh, the UN. I want to talk a little bit uh, domestically. Let's go in with the Mueller investigation. I'm sure you heard about the <laughs> I Paul have Manafort. Read about that, yeah. Of course, former chairman of the Trump campaign. His house was raided uh, in July. I believe it was July 25th of 2017. Mueller told him that he would most likely be indicted. They took pictures of his clothes. They took tons and tons of documents. Uh, theoretically. Um, because he had ties to Russian, to the oligarchs of Russia. A lot of business ties, things like that. You get the feeling that Mueller wants to flip Manafort and go after a bigger fish. What is the bigger fish? Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner. Does Donald Trump Sr. have plausible deniability, or are there are there roads to him? We don't know. Of course, there's still a lot of anger when it comes to Jeff Sessions even appointing Mueller. Jeff Sessions talking about how Donald Trump reamed him out in the Oval Office. Most after humiliating finding moment of his life. Most said. humiliating moment of his life. That's an area where I side with Donald Trump, and I would love to see Jeff Sessions oh. getting yelled at and cry oh. and shrink down. I'm sorry, Mr. President. Oh, I'll do better God. next time. Just get out of here. I wish he's looking like Ursula just shrunk him with her magic, uh, whatever the heck that was, scepter or something like that, like what she did to Ariel's father in The Little Mermaid. Can't get enough Little Mermaid references. Mm -hmm. So we are going to see this is very significant findings or what the findings will be. It's very significant that Mueller went so aggressive with this early morning raid. Again, I believe it was July 25th. Otherwise, it was late July shocking to Manafort, had no idea it was coming. They wanted to do it that way because they didn't want him burning documents, shredding documents, things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, how all this is coming together is the big story with Mueller this week is that it was revealed that uh, Mueller had to, or not Mueller, but the U.S. government had been tapping Manafort's lines. This is it, before and after the election. Yeah. Some people on the right are pointing to Donald Trump's tweet regarding Barack Obama, the mm -hmm. Obama administration tapping his phones. However, that's the just Department. Yeah. Uh, Obama cannot tell the Justice Department to wiretap their phones. And I would believe that Obama would not know if the Justice Department went ahead and tapped their phones. Absolutely not. Uh, but, but that's probably where he got this idea. It, well, the, but he just doesn't understand the, the, the framework of okay, government. Of course, he doesn't understand anything. But the funny thing about that, uh, just first of all, first funny thing about that uh, is the CNN story. That story came out on CNN. It broke on CNN. So Which called. One? Uh, the wires tap story. Oh, sure. Yeah, that Manafort's, uh, Manafort had his quote-unquote wires tap. That broke on CNN, and it broke from sources. Mm -hmm. And yet, the same right that said that CNN is fake news and that you cannot trust sources, the moment that it vindicates them in any way whatsoever, all of a sudden CNN is a credible source. All of a sudden, sources are credible. Well, and you know, we talk about this sources. Where are these sources coming from? We had a perfect example of sources this week at the restaurant near the New York Times. Uh, you saw this where the two lawyers for Donald Trump were speaking publicly at a cafe. Actually, I did not see this. They 
were speaking publicly at a cafe about the investigation. Uh, they were very concerned. Google the, uh, I don't know, two lawyers publicly speaking about Trump uh, Cafe New York Times. I don't know. How, you know how to go- That's my Google brain, by the way. <laughs> I, uh, I would have gotten to cats at some point and somehow uh, put in grumpy cat. It Th- worked. It worked. There we go. So this is where this is how sources. This is a sources uh, example. These people, lawyers for Donald Trump, they knew exactly where they were. As a matter of fact, this cafe is located right between the White House and uh, the the uh, the newspaper building. So they knew what they were doing. They're in Washington, D.C., vocally talking about the Russia investigation. Without a doubt, this was a conversation that was taking place on purpose, knowing that there was a good chance uh, that, or they're just that ignorant, but I don't believe I, that they were that ignorant. I think they are. It's, I, I these don't. guys are experts. They're lawyers. They've been in D.C. for a long time. They yeah. know how it works. And the map, again, if you look at the framework of where this cafe is, it is perfect. They know that this is where New York Times reporters I go to know, lunch. Man. I, I think you're starting to get to that whole 4D chess thing. I don't know. No, I don't think it's a good thing because this is quite damaging to Donald Trump and the Trump administration. Then why would they? I mean, if these guys are Trump's lawyers, then why would they purposely talk about this stuff in uh, in public so other reporters what, could hear it? Do you have the story there? I have the story. I just can't read it and yeah, talk thumb, to you at the same thumb thing. Through the, yeah, thumb through the top of it a little bit uh, because that is what's not clear why this happened why they were talking so vocally but that is a perfect example of how these things get leaked when we talk about leaks when we talk about sources it's that kind of Washington stuff I mean everything is um, being overheard you're being eavesdropped constantly this is why a lot of people uh, get sick and tired of being in Washington DC well I think that um I think that the the Manafort stuff and a lot of the Trump stuff and uh, a lot of the Russia stuff like that is definitely coming from inside sources. I don't think I don't think that stuff is is being overheard. Uh, But the funny thing is, if you put two and two together with now the the wiretapping becoming uh, public knowledge uh, and the raid that happened not too long ago, Mm -hmm. I think if you put two and two together on that, you can see uh, that the feds knew when Manafort turned over his documents, they knew that he hadn't given everything because they had been tapping his phones. They right. knew what he had. They knew what information he had. And so uh, when he didn't turn over everything that he had, that's when the raid actually happens. Because that's the thing is that when you tap someone's wire, or when you tap someone's phone in their communication, the dream is to ask them questions about stuff that you know they know. And then when they lie about it, that's when the obstruction charge comes in. And that's sort of what they're going for. They haven't closed the door on Donald Trump and obstruction. That is still a possibility for Donald Trump. Of course, hearkening back to the firing of James Comey, which uh, as Steve Bannon said in his interview with Charlie Rose, was the biggest mistake so far of the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, Steve Bannon and Donald Trump are now quite uh, at odds on certain domestic policies, specifically when it comes to DACA uh, and things like that, working with the Democrats. uh, The tax plan which I actually don't disagree with, 15% uh, promising to raise taxes on the wealthy. These are some good things that are pissing off the Republican establishment. There are a lot of people 
who are um, getting angry with Donald Trump, except for, of course, those core supporters. And you do have to wonder, going back to the U.N. speech, if he went with the harsher tone in order to, again, get those people back into good graces, into his good graces, the people who would consider the U.N. to be a globalist cabal to steal rhetoric such as theirs. You know, uh, Alex Jones is of the world. They've been against the U.N. I have no idea what the hell Alex Jones is for or against. I mean, the guy's a, <laughs> guy's a maniac. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, He's got the, the U.N.'s full of globalists, a.k.a. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, So perhaps Donald Trump uh, wanting to extend, uh, again, another branch to that base who have seen him waver and work with the Democrats on key things such as DACA and getting it done. Uh, Perhaps that was uh, another option or a tactic that he was trying to use when giving the speech and the heated rhetoric in, in front of all the world leaders. How fucking stupid is that? How stupid is that for him to feed his own ego so he can gain back support from a bunch of dumpy shitheads well, to, to threaten nuclear war against another country just to gain support, just so they can like him again because they don't like some of his other policies? He yeah. uses that platform for that? He uses the U.N.? For that? I don't think that he really sees it that way. I mean, going back to that of course tweet he doesn't about see the, it that way. Going back to that tweet about the uh, that's with what's the wrong with him. Oh, there's so many things. So many <laughs> that's things. one of the things that is um, so awful about him, and why he should not be president and never should have been president. Well, that's I had a, a conversation with Rob Reiner, and that's what he was saying as well, you know. But I did uh, talk to him a little bit about Hollywood. Uh, going back to the Emmys just a little bit here, uh, not to be too scattershot, but when it comes to Donald Trump had a television show for 10 years. Uh, halfway through, he began birther talk about Barack Obama. He was nominated three times, and that was another point point that I wanted to make uh, with the Emmys, they created him. They created this guy, The Apprentice, put him in a light of leadership, hiring, firing people. Everyone was forced to pretend like he was a leader. And as we know, with all uh, chaos magic, with just life in general, you fake it till you make it. Yep. And he faked it all the way to the White House. Um, but, of course, uh, you know, Mr. Reiner defended himself and defended Hollywood by saying that that was a place that he can exist, but he should have never been taken seriously as a president. But these lines are getting so crossed in the in, in the minds of all of us, even going back to Donald Trump's uh, Twitter regarding it was North. This was his Twitter feed uh, two days ago. It was North Korea, North Korea, North Korea. Very important, significant I don't know if they were significant no, tweets, but it's an important was, issue. It was him calling another world le- or not world leader, but he was. It was him calling a dictator by a nickname. Yes, uh, but important uh, in theory, right? Yeah. We're talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. life and death, Substance. war, peace, uh, war, millions and peace. of lives. And the next tweet after those three tweets was about Jameel Hill, the the co-host of Sports Center on ESPN. These things are not as important as one another, but they're treated with the same amount of significance on social media, on Donald Trump's social media in general, and a lot of people's social media. We've talked about this before on the on the show as well. What happens with the television culture that we live in? You know, you're flipping through news. You see an earthquake in Mexico. Uh, people are dying. Then the next thing you know, you go and you watch. Uh, you're watching a football game. Your mind is crossing these streams, and you're thinking that these things are just as significant than you 
go and you watch whatever your favorite reality show is. Everyone has one. Uh, I'm not sure what my favorite, re- maybe Master Chef. Mm. Uh, I love Master Chef. Uh, and you treat all three of those things in your head with the you you, you get the same emotional uh, you know kind of uh, feelings from all three of these things, but they are not as important. No, absolutely. And not. so that is one of the issues um, that we see now on a regular basis with Donald Trump. Important issues are definitely um, not under. I don't think there's an understanding of how important certain issues are compared to other issues. And that's why I'm going back to that Twitter feed when it comes to referencing Jameel Hill, uh, along with a huge Twitter rant about North Korea. Again, a country that is acting extremely provocatively. That is really now with Kim Jong-un coming into his own uh, more dangerous it seems to be more dangerous than ever. And it's fascinating watching that Frontline documentary again last night. I forgot, you know, they obviously respect older individuals in North Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, most, most of Asian culture does. Kim Jong-un coming in at 29 years old, it was a tough sell. Yeah. So a year before he took over for his father, Kim Jong-il, they did this big ceremony. They did all of this state-run propaganda to make him seem wise. And that's what they said. They said he's young, but he's wise. It's possible he did facial reconstructive surgery to look more like his grandfather. His grandfather took over a little bit young. Military didn't uh, necessarily like him at first. The military elite, let's not forget when he cleaned house in North Korea. Didn't he kill his uncle with an anti-aircraft gun? I don't know if that was true or not, but he killed his <laughs> uncle. Yeah, fed to the pigs. There's so many dogs, different... Dogs, 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 dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there are so many different things. He did, without a doubt, he murdered a lot of the old guard. Yeah. And so that was a, a thing that hit me as well. It's like this guy is really trying to, as we've talked about, make a name for himself on the world stage. There's nothing more scary than someone, a dictator with nuclear capabilities, trying to prove himself. Yeah. And, uh, and that's really where the tensions lie. So you have Donald Trump up there uh, going back to the conversation of taking things very serious, uh, but then throwing in a word like rocket man, just not understanding the significance of what he's talking about because it's all blurred up. Yeah, and in the same uh, breath as rocket man, he called him suicidal. Suicidal, Uh, very dangerous. Suicidal rocket man and essentially told him, do it. Do it, pussy. See what happens. Do it. Um, and of course, uh, yeah, the verbiage was the verbiage was immature, inadequate, juvenile, schoolyard nonsense. But the question still remains: How the heck are we going to deal with North Korea? Yeah, what do we do? Because uh, again, carrot stick. We have been nice. We have been patient. Uh, it hasn't worked. Uh, as we learned with Michael Flynn coming out and talking, not Michael Flynn, rather uh, Gorka. Gorka, uh, talking about how the majority of missile launches have failed because of our cyber intelligence, our mm-hmm. cyber abilities to uh, to alter the path of their missiles. Uh, what are we going to do? Can we continue with a diplomatic approach? China doesn't want us to have a war with them. It'll be a nightmare. China also yeah. has a very vested interest in making sure that their border is not South Korea because mm-hmm. if, if, if that is a huge... North Korea is basically just... It's just a sock for uh, for the foot of China. Yeah. And it's really sad that they let 25 million people starve and, starve and suffer just so they have a little buffer from South Korea, well, which is, again, the United States yeah, China, in global affairs. Yeah. China called our uh, Trump's comments uh, very unhelpful. 
Very unhelpful. And you noticed what was missing in the U.N. speech, Russia. Uh, very Nothing. little, uh, if anything. Well, except for the tone of the rhetoric, because if you compare the tone of Donald Trump's rhetoric when he's talking about uh, nations and their responsibilities, it's right out of Putin's playbook. Um, so, yeah, it was it was it was a fascinating, uh, a fascinating speech. And it's uh, interesting times. Uh, to say the least. Also, just lastly, Nancy Pelosi was given a press conference recently. She was uh, she was heckled by dreamers. I want to say um, I want I want the DACA kids to be safe. Yeah. And so I do want to point out that if they have to if working with Donald Trump means that Congress passes an actual DACA uh, bill that keeps nearly a million people in this country who have educations, who are here to work, who are great Americans, I am 100 percent in support of it. And I thought that that was a uh, a missed. Step by yeah. uh, by the dreamers. I, I don't care. We, we we need compromise. And again, to be fair, if Donald Trump wants to work with Democrats from here on out, I will absolutely applaud him, and I have no problem with it whatsoever. If it's taxes, if it's DACA, uh, even if it's health care, uh, I think that that would be a wonderful thing. It just. The, the character of the man uh, just leads, leaves so much to be desired that yeah. it's tough to remember. There are some positive things happening, including in that U.N. speech. But as we've covered, there's a lot of negative stuff as well. Yeah. Um, but these, these are the questions uh, that we've had for a long time. And uh, hopefully we can uh, we can. It, it's just tough when you don't feel like you trust uh, the leaders to make the best decisions um, or at the very least have the temperament to reflect what the decisions were or why they made certain decisions. Because, again, North Korea is extremely volatile, extremely difficult. And, uh, you know, we got a guy 10 months in to public life of his entire life. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. You know, he really dove in. He's Molly Shannon from Superstar, but uh, with a hatred <laughs> of transgender people, apparently, uh, which is, again, that's absolutely horrific. What uh, throwing transgender people under the bus does not look like that will go through. No, but um, he did it anyway. But he did it anyway. Again, to yeah. feed... To feed, uh, I guess, as he calls them, the deplorables. And uh, we didn't even, oh my goodness, Hillary saying she would, no, there's so much more to get to. But we will keep on talking to you here uh, on Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, let's see, next week I'm actually, obviously we're, we're doing this show and then I'm hosting all week on Fox News Radio, 6 to 9. So call in, that's kind of fun because you get to call in and uh, and we can play some interviews from there. We'll play them on here. So if you miss it there, uh, which is totally cool, we'll get it to you here. We'll keep on trying to bring you as much information as possible here on the Last Podcast Network. How cool is that? I love saying that. Last Podcast Network. Here on the Last Podcast Network, yeah. LPN coming at you with the LPN. best podcast oh, that's in New York fun. City. LPN. LPN sounds, it sounds like we're going to be talking about hockey or like some <laughs> really serious stuff. Coming up next on LPN, we got the Red Wings and the Predators. Ooh. Stay tuned for action from Nashville. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, everyone, check out Marcus Parks on Twitter, Instagram, Marcus Parks, Ben Kissel one on, on Instagram, Ben Kissel on Twitter. Uh, uh, and that is, yeah, that's about it, huh? That's it. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, have you heard the Virginia Lottery has a new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Scratcher that has a top prize of $100,000? Tell that to my automated Golden Ticket Scratcher apparatus. You simply put the ticket in here, and the machine scratches it for you. And while we wait, we can play the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket online game with a top prize of $1 million. Just visit VALottery.com or use the lottery app. That's one impressive scratcher apparatus. Use it whenever. What's mine is yours. But hands off the scratcher. That Willy Wonka golden ticket is all mine.